Let's look at Romans chapter 8 first, and uh, we're going to look at uh, verse uh, 29. So this is our third installment on our series called Change. The subtitle of today's message is this, Renew Your Mind and Renew Your Life. Everyone say, if I will renew my mind, I can renew my life. Now we're going to be going into another series uh, starting on the 24th called Hearing from God on Sunday morning. So you want to make sure that you're in the services and that you're getting what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. And then on Wednesday nights, we just kicked off a brand new series called Faith Like Abraham. And we had a good time with that Wednesday night. Let's pray. Let's set ourselves in agreement. Father, we just come before you this morning with thankful hearts. We thank you for the unction. We thank you for the anointing. We thank you for healing people and for causing the peace of God that passeth all understanding, Lord, just to rule and reign in people's lives. Thank you, Father, that your holy, precious anointing is flowing in this place today. I pray for all that have come today, that their eyes would be enlightened, that their spirits would be strengthened. And Lord God, that we would be changed by the power of God. We declare today, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We thank you that there is freedom in the Word of the living God. So we as a congregation purpose in our heart to continue in the Word. And as we do, the truth will continually set us free. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know, a lot of people really have struggled with change. You know, they've, they've tried to change and and they have failed and you know, maybe they gave it a week or maybe they gave it a month and then all of a sudden they got discouraged and quit, you know. And sometimes when you hear a series like this, um, there can be a tendency to, to turn it off and to tune it out because, you know, I've tried. I just don't know about this, Pastor. I'm just not sure about this. But, folks, you've got to believe it. Don't doubt it. Be convinced that you can overcome anything by the grace of Almighty God. Now, the new birth changes your spirit, and the renewing of your mind changes your soul. If you will receive with meekness the engrafted word, the engrafted word, the implanted word, will save your soul, it will convert your soul, it will cause you to have, like Pastor Brenda said, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Look with me in Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. It says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. Now the word predestinate simply means to establish a destiny. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. The highest call that you and I have in this life is to be like Jesus. Amen. Now, none of us have arrived, but thank God we are on our way. And renewing our minds enables us to become more like Jesus every day. Amen. Now, a good, strong confession and a good thought to take and to believe, and to speak, and to act upon, is as he is, so am I in this world. Now let's just raise our right hand and say this together, as he is, as, he is. 
as Jesus is, as Jesus is. So, am I so am I in this world. In this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now confess this. I am predestined, I am predestined. By, God by God to be like Jesus. He is helping me to grow and to change and to fulfill his destiny. Now, a real familiar verse of scripture that we've been utilizing a lot during this series is Romans 12, verse 2, where it says this, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. As we renew our minds, we will continuously be able to walk in the will of God. Here's another statement I want to make to you this morning. Renewing the mind is more than learning, it is changing. Renewing the mind is more than learning, it is changing. And here's what we've learned about change. Change It's a process. Change is not a one-time event. And so please don't be discouraged if you have attempted to change and have failed in your attempts. You know, like John Maxwell said years ago, the best way to fail is to fail forward. (laughs) Learn from your mistakes. Get back up. Amen. And let the Spirit of the Lord change you by the power of God. Now, Here's another really important principle about change. Consistency is a big key to change. Consistency. Now, we're a faith church. We believe in the moving of the Holy Spirit. And one scripture that we utilize very often is Romans 10, 17, where it says that so then faith comes by hearing, but it just does not come by having heard once. But faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so it is with change. We must do certain things over and over again to get results. You know, if you're going to get on an exercise program, you don't go to the gym once a month and say, wow, I did it. I've changed. No, you go over and over and over again. You are consistent. If you want to lose weight, amen, uh, and I've done this, had a great day on Weight Watchers, and the next day I was eating triple burgers. <laughs> we, we've all been there. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt, got the Val sweatshirt, you know. Uh, but that's not the way to obtain your goal. And I'm not trying to get down on anybody's weight or anything like that. Don't misunderstand me. But the point is consistency. Doing something over and over and over again. Same with faith's confessions. Over and over again. Say regularly what God's word says about you. It's wonderful to to have a mountaintop experience where we get in the word of God and we're just high as a Georgia pine and we're all declaring some things and speaking some things, but make sure that you're speaking what God said on Monday morning. Make sure you're saying what he said in the midnight hour. Now, many people know they ought to change. Amen? Well, I ought to do this, and and I ought to do that. But ought to doesn't get it. 
We must go from ought to to want to. Ought to to want to. And so we have said in previous services that change involves adding and subtracting things to and from your life. Putting off the old man and putting on the new man. We use the illustration of a diaper. You don't put a new diaper over an old stinky diaper. You remove the old stinky diaper, clean that up, and then put the new diaper on. Many people are trying to put on the new man and yet still hold on to a lot of old behaviors. And so we know that that doesn't work. And then we discover that if we're going to change, we must stop making excuses. And I used this phrase a week ago that excuses, they are nails used to build a house of failure. So I want to encourage you this morning to take responsibility for your life. I am and you are responsible for your words. We are responsible for our thoughts and we are responsible for our actions. I was on the website of Father's House out in Vacaville, which is a tremendous church. Dave Patterson pastors that church. And I saw this statement on their website, and I just want to read it to you. Watch your thoughts. They become your words. They become actions. Watch your actions, for they become habits. Watch your habits, for they become character. And watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let's look over there. Verse 11 through 14. The power for me and you to change is on the inside of us. Now let's read this together. Right down through verse 14. Ready, read. For this commandment which I command you this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that he may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that you may do it. That you may be a doer of God's word. So in order then to change your life, you must, we must change our words. I believe this. That if we can change our words, we can change our life. Now, faith to be activated must be in one's heart. And then it must be coming out of our mouths. Listen to this. Your confession is your profession. Your confession is an outward expression of an inward conviction. How many of you have an inward conviction, like Brenda said this morning, that by his stripes you were healed? How many of you have this inward knowing? I mean, you've got inside information. You've taken it from the word and you've put it in your heart that your God supplies all your need 
Finish it with me. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. How many of you are convinced, have an inside conviction? The greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That you are, in fact, God's masterpiece. That since your good, good father is for you, what difference does it make who's against you? But what saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in thy heart and in thy mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. According as it is written, I have believed and therefore have I spoken because we have the same spirit. Hallelujah. Of faith. Say it with me. I have the spirit of faith, which is the spirit of victory. So we're learning then to take responsibility for our words. Look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 and verse 21. Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied with what? there's There's a connection with your life being satisfied by the words of your mouth. And with the increase of his lips, he shall be poverty stricken. No, he shall be filled. Hallelujah. And so a man will be filled with the fruit of his words, whether it is good or whether it is evil. Now notice verse 21, it says this. This is is important stuff, guys. Death and life are in the power of the government. Is that what it says? No, thank God. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Important. So monitoring your words then will position you to receive the promises of God. For example, in Proverbs 12, 18, it says this, that the tongue of the wise, do you consider yourself a wise person? Or a wise guy? Now, we don't have any wise guys in here, like mafia wise guys. Yeah, he a wise guy or something. No, we got the wisdom of God. And so now here's, here's what the tongue of the wise does. The tongue of those who are wise in Christ, the tongue of the wise is health. One translation says this, that the tongue of the wise brings healing. You can deliver healing to others by speaking faith-filled words over them. And you can deliver by the anointing divine healing in your own body by speaking regularly words of health and healing over your body. Say it with me. My body belongs to God. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, my body is bought with a price. My body is strong. My body is healed. 
And then if you really wanted to get serious about it, you could say this, every organ, every tissue of my body functions to the perfection to which God created to function, and I forbid any malfunction in its body in the name of Jesus. No evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. Glory to God, this body is cancer-free, arthritis-free. I'm healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, for I'm attending to the word of God. I'm inclining my ear to his sayings. I keep it in the midst of my heart, and God's word is health, and it is medicine to all my flesh. Amen. Somebody says, how did you memorize that? I didn't do that. I just consistently over the years have put God's word in my heart, taken his thoughts, and started to believe it, and spoke it, and now it becomes a lifestyle. And you can do the same thing. Here's what you can do. You can be like Job. Job 22:28 in the Amplified Version, it says this. You've got to make a decision that God's word is final authority. Can't play around with this. Make a decision that this is your good, good father speaking to you. And that these words are life. These words are spirit and life. And that they are addressed to your spirit. Decide that. And then believe it. And open up your mouth like Job did. He says... You will also decide and decree a thing. And it will be established for you. In other words, monitoring your words is our point. Will position you to receive the promises of God. You will decide and decree a thing. It will be established for you. Read the rest with me. And the light. We got to say that one more time. And the light. Of God's favor will shine. Woo, glory. I have favor with God and man. You are a favorite of the King of kings and Lord of lords. He surrounds you with favor as with a shield. His favor for you is for your whole lifetime. Amen? So change the way you talk. Stop talking poverty. Stop talking sickness and disease. Mm -hmm. Stop talking depression. Stop talking like the world talks. That is a part of not being conformed to this world. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Change the way you talk. Another way we could say it is this. Learn the language of the redeemed. Learn the language of the redeemed. Now, there is a principle called immersion. If you will immerse yourself in a foreign language, I don't remember how many days it is or how many hours it is, but if you will not hear anything else but that language, they say that you can learn that language in a short period of time. And I think sometimes what I need and what we need is total immersion. Total immersion in scriptures that talk about our redemption so that it becomes automatic to us to where let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Okay, so learn the language of the redeemed 
hook your speaker up with your believer. And then I wrote this in my notes. But make sure what you believe is in the Word. And make sure what you believe is scriptural. Because, my dear brothers and sisters, there are people that have bought lies, bought into lies, and have believed those lies. And as a result of taking those thoughts, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Now, let's go over to Colossians chapter 1. Thank you, Lord. Colossians chapter 1. Notice this verse over here in verse 1 and verse 2. It says, if you then be risen with Christ. We've been raised with Christ. We've been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Did you know that we can be raised with him but never seek him? I mean, positionally, we can be raised with Christ but ignore Christ. We can be raised with Christ but never seek those things that are above. So he says, if you then be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are what? Which are above. How many of you know that God's thoughts are higher? God's ways are what? When it talks about seeking those things which are above, it doesn't mean walking around with a glazed eye, looking up in the heavens all the time. No, no, no. Seeking those things which are above are seeking his thoughts. Seeking his ways. Don't tell me that you don't know how to seek. Don't tell me you don't know how to seek. You ever seen women at a mall during Christmas time? They are on a mission. This has happened to me too many times to count something I'm not proud of, but I'll hang my dirty laundry out just for a moment. It's time to go. We got to go. But where are the keys? Where are the keys? And so seeking the keys, looking for the keys, seeking the cell phone. Or how many of you just been ready to take your vacation, you know, and you got the car all packed up and you're ready to go? Where are the kids? <laughs> they're, out, they're out playing with somebody out in the neighborhood. Yeah. And so you go seeking for your children. I used to have a beagle named George. And George was a good old boy. But when George was a puppy, George liked to run. And he liked to get, I mean, he would find just a little crack in the fence You would not give that beagle an inch. He would take a mile. We really liked old George, but we'd have to seek for him and and to look for him. I remember one day I was shaving. This isn't a pretty picture, but I had my pants on, but my not shirt yet. My shirt not on yet. And George took off, so I'm out in the neighborhood running with dress shoes on and no shirt and a pair of dress pants. They could have arrested me. Oh, yeah, we, we know how to seek. 
How about when it's time to decorate the house? Oh, this color and, and uh, getting ready to go on a vacation. Where are we going to stay and, and what are we going to do at Disneyland? Are we going to go to California Adventure or, or what are we going to do? You see, people seek what they want. But we have to ask ourselves this question. Are we consistently seeking those things that are above? The Christian life is about seeking the things of God. Seeking the things of God. In other words, whatever we do, amen, we do with a positive attitude. Now notice verse 2. Read verse 2 with me in, in here again in Colossians chapter 1. Verse 2 says, set your affection. Now that word affection is a simple word for mind. So let's read it like that. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Read it one more time. Set your affection on things above and not on things of the earth. Now, notice in the Amplified version of this same, same verse. This is awesome. Seeking begins by setting. Seeking begins by setting your mind. Amplified says this. And set your minds and keep them set. Let's read this together. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. Now listen, if you will begin to set your mind, you will see change in your life, and you will become more like Jesus. I've discovered this, that life is awesome when we do it his way. Life is awesome. Now here's the principle that I, I want you all to get real firm in your spirit today. And I want you to be thinking about it. And then I want you to start watching yourself carefully about what kind of thoughts you're allowing into your mind. What, what are you thinking about? And it takes discipline to do verse 2. It takes discipline to set your minds and to keep them set. Because if you don't have a spiritual mindset, the opposite of a spiritual mindset is a carnal mindset. And a carnal mindset always produces death. But a spiritual mindset always produces, it produces life and it produces peace. Now, here's why we talk and hammer it. We've been here almost 34 years. And this is why we keep hammering and hammering and preaching and preaching the word. Because when you take this word and believe this word, it not only will change your life, but it will bring transformation into every area of your life. Thoughts. Everyone say thoughts. thoughts. 
Here's the principle. Your thoughts become your beliefs. Your thoughts become your beliefs. And your beliefs become your lifestyle. Your thoughts become your beliefs. When you develop a way of thinking, it becomes a lifestyle. That's why we trained our children, John and James, who are now young men, vibrant young men, serving the Lord with all their heart. But Brenda and I trained John and James to have good manners. We trained them to look people in the eye when they were speaking to them. You can hardly get any child to look you in the eye today. They're too busy doing this. That's true. That is true. We, we trained them to be polite. We trained them to say thank you. Now, through that process then of training they begin to think and to believe this is the way I'm going to live. This is the way I'm going to conduct myself and this is my choice of the kind of lifestyle I'm going to live. And today, they're very gracious young men. They're very nice young men. They're very polite young men. They're not perfect, like their dad wasn't perfect and isn't perfect. But they've been trained properly. And incidentally, if you have trained your children up in the way they should go, don't take the thought of they'll never be back. Don't believe that. Don't speak that. Come on now. If you have trained a child up in the way that they should go when they're older what's the rest of it they will not depart hallelujah i'd rather take that thought and believe that thought and say that thought and have that thought than to say well they're never going to come back they don't like mama no more It's the way that our kids believe that it's become their lifestyle. Don't doubt it. What you believe and what you think on is extremely important. Thoughts and beliefs, contrary to God's word, are extremely dangerous. Here's another example. Thoughts. Healing's not for everybody. Maybe you heard that on a radio program. Healing's not for everybody. Maybe you heard that in another church you attended. God heals some, but he doesn't heal all. Healing, you just don't ever know. Now, if you hear that long enough, and that is... um, something that becomes a a part of your thought process, it'll slip into what you really believe. 
And when it's time to go get hands laid on you, because maybe you're hurting, and you come up for healing, but you have thought for years and have believed for years, it's not God's will to heal everybody, but I'll come up just to see if it's his will to heal me. There is difficulty in receiving healing because that thought has blocked it. And that belief is blocking it. Because you know what? We get what we believe that we receive. And you can't believe you receive unless you believe it's His will. Come on, somebody. These thoughts, man, these thoughts are very, very important. There's been people that have slain prosperity preachers, and some of the prosperity preachers, I don't want to say it this way, need to be slain, but some of their teaching has been erroneous. But you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. It is the will of God for you to prosper. It is the plan of God for you to have abundant provision with more than enough to give wherever he directs you to give. Come on, somebody. Ah, these TV preachers. You still hear it today. All oh, these evangelists from the 80s. Hey, let it go. Give it up. Move on with your life. All they want is your money. Thoughts, thoughts turn into beliefs. Beliefs turn into words. Words turn into actions. And it's extremely difficult to receive what you criticize. I'm going to say that one more time. It's extremely difficult to prosper if you criticize prosperity. You know, the best thing to do is just let those things go and let those things be and go to the Word for yourself because in the Word, you will see His thoughts. Thoughts. Everyone say thoughts. How about this? Family tree. Brother Hagin said years ago, he said, all some people's family's trees produced was a bunch of nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Family tree. Oh, DNA. (laughs) DNA. You know, my my grandfather died of a heart attack when he was in his 50s. Not talking about mine. Illustration. And, And... You know, my dad dropped dead when he was in his 50s. And I'll be 50 next year. What kind of thought is that? That's not a faith-filled thought. That's a fear-filled thought that if you do not reject, you will accept and you will believe and you will say, and it will open up the door for destruction. Brenda, you know, grew up in a family where, 
you know, cancer has been prevalent. Her mama passed away when uh, she was 21 years old. 21 years old. And her mama was 51. And her auntie passed away from cancer and there's other people and in the family that have done that. And, and so, you know, uh, those thoughts can come to a person. Well, it, it runs in the family. But she discovered that she has a new family. The family of God. And I'll never forget when Brenda was a very young, beautiful woman. And now she's just super beautiful. But she, yeah, hey, now is the day of salvation. <laughs> Somebody play the organ, please. But I remember when she was very young, she said, the curse stops here. The curse, what does that mean, the curse stops here? She got the revelation that Christ had redeemed her, her, from the curse. And therefore, she thought on that and has believed that way for a number of years. And she just turned 31 the other day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, you know, mama was poor and daddy was poor and grandpa was poor and grandma was poor and the whole family was poor. Well, I'm telling you right now, God ain't poor no more. But if you're around that environment with a poverty mindset, which, by the way, is a carnal mindset. It's not a spiritual mindset. But if that's all you're hearing is lack and poverty and none of us ever gets a high school degree and you can't go to college, you've got to go work at that place for the rest of your life, those thoughts turn into beliefs. Those beliefs turn into words. And those words turn into actions and bring us into a lifestyle. Say it with me. If I will renew my mind... I can renew my life. If you can change a thought, you can change your life. Listen, I was told as a young boy, you'll never amount to anything. The nuns were moved by what they saw. I was told you'll be behind bars by the time you're 21. I was told you will not make it to your 30th or 40th birthday. But I decided. I decided to reject those thoughts and to get my mind renewed and to accept his thoughts and believe them and speak them. And I'll be 35 tomorrow. Hallelujah. Take this thought with long life. Raise your hand. Come on. With long life. What kind of life with long life? Long life. He will satisfy me. And he will show me his salvation. What kind of thoughts do you need to reject? 
What kind of thoughts from God's word do you need to accept? Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Philippians, the fourth chapter, the eighth verse. Oh, blessed be the name of... This will change you. I know it's not exactly running around the building stuff. But you do this, it'll cause you to run. In Philippians, the fourth chapter, the eighth verse, let's read this together. Ready, read. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, So if we are not thinking on these things, this is God's list of what to think on. And incidentally, the context of verse 9 is in the book of Philippians where he's talking about rejoicing and rejoicing and rejoicing over and over again. He's talking about joy. I believe this, that joy is a byproduct of how you've been thinking. If we're not thinking on these things, we're creating a system of thoughts and beliefs that will move us away from God. And that's how people who have been raised with Christ disconnect from Christ. Now, I'm not talking about losing their salvation. Don't get nervous on me. But thoroughly saved from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet, but because they have a carnal mindset, they disconnect from the Word <laughs> You disconnect from the word, the next thing you'll do is disconnect from church. And you disconnect from church, you disconnect from bringing your supply Mm -hmm. into the house of the Lord. And when you disconnect from your supply, you'll have to answer to the Lord for it. I don't believe that anything comes out of the blue. I don't believe it. So keep some godly thoughts going in your life. Say it with me. If I can change what I'm thinking, I can change what I believe. And what I believe, oh hallelujah, is what I shall receive. Get a new thought this year. Get a new thought. You're not a victim. You're a victor. You're not ugly. You're perfectly and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. Oh, Pastor Mark, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Let's tackle that thought. Let's tackle that. Let's bring that thought down. Let's cast that thought down and replace that thought It's too late with what God said. I'm too old. Let's tackle that thought. Let's bring that thought down. The truth of the matter is, is those that are well seasoned in the Lord shall be fat and flourishing in the courts of their God. Come on, somebody. 
You're never too old. You're never too late. Yeah, but my family, my family, my family. Let's bring that thought down and let's know this, that I'm a part of the Father's family. And in Him, hallelujah, I always win. The last statement I want to make to you is the thoughts you consistently entertain, the thoughts you consistently entertain set the emotional temperature of your life. So let's speak these words today. Say it with me. I am God's masterpiece. I am God's favorite. He always leads me into victory. I will never quit. I always win because I don't quit. God is for me and he is not against me. I am a child of God. I am an heir of God. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Raise both of your hands and just pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I open up my heart afresh and anew to receive your thoughts, to receive with meekness the implanted word. I receive scriptures from the word of God. And I mix faith with my new way of thinking. And I speak speak what I believe, and I have what I I say. Let's thank him right now. Father, we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. We give you the honor, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'll always have enough. I always have enough. I always have enough. I always have more than enough. Because El Shaddai is more than enough. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Pray just a minute. One of the greatest actions of your faith is what you say regularly. Speaking God's word and confessing God's word is an action of your faith. Make your tongue do its duty. Speak ye the word of the Lord on a regular basis. And as you speak his word, creative power does flow and causes mountains to move. And causes the plans and the snares, the uh, uh, snares of the enemy to be dissolved. Yea, saith the Lord, my word in your heart and in your mouth, it is the same as it was in my son. So speak the word of the Lord. Speak it boldly. Declare thou, declare thou what I have said, and you shall surely have what you say. Amen. Say it with me. I'm hooking up. My speaker. With my believer. believer. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise his name. Praise his name. Oh, we worship you today. 
Thank you, Father, for change, change, change. Changes in the name of Jesus. Changes in people's minds. Changes, changes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Stop trying to reason it out. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop saying, well, I just don't know why that always happens to me. I just don't understand it. No, it's not difficult to understand. You've charted your course by the words of your mouth and by what you believe in your heart. So change your speech, change your believing, and the direction of your life will go a good way and go the right way. Amen? Praise the Lord.